0: (laughs) hi everyone i'm dr Mahara, and i'm dr winter uh you are listening to following your gut podcast and this is a community resource for all of your gut concerns and while we hope you find the podcast uh, a useful resource we do not offer medical advice welcome back to our podcast
1: welcome back everyone we missed you
0: we missed you i hope everybody had um, a good holiday season um it's been a it was a rough year 2020 was definitely one for the bucks oh yeah Uh, welcome 2021 with open arms for sure open arms hopefully to be much much better have you seen there's a movie on netflix called death to 2020 have you seen it yet Giselle?
1: i haven't no i see it pop up on my um recommended things all the time i haven't seen it yet but i hear great things have you seen it
0: i've seen it it's it's hilarious and sad in a way because it's all things that happened in 2020 and like you know we were there so you, you you're just kind of like oh i know this happened but to just see it being played out, you know, in an hour, hour and a half, you're just kind of like, I cannot believe we lived through this. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) No, I'm going to have to check it out. I think, as a matter of fact, maybe I'll watch it later today. It's, um, it was a lot. It was kind of like a one, two, three, four, five punch. You didn't really get a break in between.
0: (laughs) No no break in between there's a lot of um, obviously like comedy with, with the movie and I think my favorite part is uh, I won't spoil it too much but there's a they basically go to different parts of the world mainly just back and forth between England and the states mm-hmm. and basically people in England are like watching what's happening in America like in 2020 mm-hmm. obviously we are all going through a pandemic collectively you know mm-hmm. but um, you know America went through much more you know racial injustice and, and just so much and and, and this, this doesn't even include the state. Stuff that happened in DC two weeks ago. So, and so, uh, one one girl who's on there uh, in England. And she's, just, you know, she's like, I've been in on lockdown for ten months. Um, and so I ended up watching everything on Netflix, like everything on Netflix. Netflix. But then I decided to tune in uh, into this show called America. Mm-hmm. Do you know it? It comes on on the news every day, and every day something different is going to happen. And it was just the most hilarious thing oh, I've ever gosh. heard. <laughs>
1: it's such a shame the like laughing stock. it's horrible but hey maybe progress maybe there'll be some 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 positivity coming just coming down the pipeline yes. i don't want to say it's funny everyone is like oh it can't be worse it can't be worse i'm like actually
0: things could get worse Do you so know, like, though?
1: let's just right let's, let's just let's not risk it let's not say anything
0: let's <laughs> not risk it right <laughs> things things could get get worse and worse. and right now at least in a lot of other places things are really bad i know in la um uh, at least as of last week, there were about 300 deaths per day of just COVID just in yeah. LA. So yeah. things are still, um, yeah. bad, a little yeah. bit scary. So
1: are things pretty bad at your hospital still?
0: Um, it's, it's okay. We had gotten to a point where they had asked, uh, subspecialists to start taking care of, you know, like general medicine patients mm-hmm. because, you know, the, uh, internal medicine and, and other, um, you know, like family medicine are very, uh, packed with COVID patients. Mm -hmm. Um, but we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten there yet. We are, we are very obviously open to accepting, you know, like somebody with a simple GI issue that normally we wouldn't accept on our service given the the times that we are in, but, um, we haven't gotten to that point yet. That being said, you know, a lot of our patients who are in for like a legit GI issue, like half of them have COVID. So, um, yeah. So we are having to like our residents are having to like, ha- you know, like treat, treat COVID in somebody mm-hmm. who's in for a GI bleed. So, yeah, it's okay. just kind of part of life now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 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 Our, our hospital,
1: we keep getting emails about being redeployed potentially where so far it's been OK. I don't think they've had to pull uh, many of the you know reserve folks. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that numbers stay down and um, that, you know things start to settle out, hopefully, with the new vaccine situation.
0: Yes. Maybe a
1: little bit better in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, with the new vaccine, I hope I hope things uh, really begin uh, to settle down. I don't know what it's like in, in New York, but I know some places are already beginning to give it to the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. I got my first dose a couple of weeks ago. I'm actually getting my second dose today. Um, okay. I didn't have any big like side effects from the first one, just mm-hmm. a really sore uh, arm. It was a little bit more sore than, than I usually do for the flu vaccine. Um, so we'll see. I know a lot of people get like myalgias and a little bit more and headaches and stuff <laughs> like headaches that. And yeah. stuff. So, yeah, we'll I think
1: here, here we've, we started vaccinating patients as well. They, yeah. um, I mean, they send out emails, they're like 35,000 people at the hospital have been vaccinated now. And so if you um, are in New York and are a patient of our hospital, you can just sign up for one through my chart, which is pretty nice. Hopefully, we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, so I think most places I know in in Michigan, they have like their own rollout plan. So just uh, if you're interested in the vaccine, which like I highly uh, advocate it, um, advocate for it after having read about it, I would say, you know, obviously just do your own research. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just go to your state website. I think uh, every state has a different rollout plan of which direction they uh, want to go and who uh, will be eligible and getting it first Uh, so make sure you just check out your state website for details absolutely so today we'll just be you know catching up and uh also beginning our first episode in our career expo series uh so we got a lot of questions from uh people in medical school or people in early in their, uh, medical education, um, asking about how you get to where we are, you know, how you decided on, on GI. Um, so I think we'll start it off with talking about GI and then hopefully as we go on further, we'll talk about other subspecialties. Um, even, you know, most of them will likely be within the internal medicine uh, realm, but as we go on, we'll uh, have some people who are even outside of internal medicine, um, So, yeah, today we'll just be kind of sharing how we got here and uh, where we hopefully are planning to go, and and hopefully, someone will find this useful. Medical school day i signed you to uh like mentors and one of mine was a gastroenterologist and the other one was actually colorectal so i spent some time i think it, it used to be like maybe twice every three months you would shadow your mentor um and so i spent a lot of time in the uh, endoscopy suite with uh, my mentor and just watching him do um egds and colonoscopies um And then my colorectal mentor, I would go to the OR with her. But some days they also they also scope. They don't scope often, but they they scope. So the OR days I thought were very long, and I always kind of dreaded them. But when she was, you know, like scoping, I found that to actually be like a little bit fun because you know, like the schedule was packed. I think it was like a patient every twenty minutes, as they do everyone every fifteen to twenty minutes. But I just I think it was just more like something that I thought I would enjoy, and that's really where I um. I uh, came to really get exposure um, to GI. And once we did our medicine, you know, like our core curriculum GI section, I really liked the pathophysiology behind hepatology specifically, like everything about cirrhosis I found very interesting. And so that really um, helped me in deciding where I wanted to go. So for residency, I specifically wanted to go to a place that has an inpatient GI Uh, program where residents can rotate on that and learn how to take care of you know GI patients so yeah so that's kind of how I got here um yeah how about you Javel um that was that was quite a dissertation very nice very nice I didn't know that about you
1: I didn't know you (laughs) like liver at one point though (laughs)
0: Um, mine is, uh,
1: similar, but a little bit different without getting into too many specifics. I had, um, young exposure to great mentors in GI. Um, and so for me, when I was in medical school, I knew I was, I, I was, I knew I was always going to do something in the sciences. I like working with people. And so, um, Medicine was the thing that linked the two for me. Um, when I was in medical school, it was the first topic that I really enjoyed studying. Like I didn't have any issues going home and studying for hours at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and I thought this the, the path of his was really cool. Um I I'm one of those people who loves to work with their hands and so um GI was one of those fields, which was a little bit different than the others that I was exposed to, and that you could break up your day by doing, um, you know, clinical things where you're working with people and talking to them, but you could also do procedures. And so I knew Mm -hmm. that was something that um, I was really interested in hoping to be able to do as well. Um, Then I got into residency. It was the same thing. I had great mentors with uh, regard to the attendings that I worked with. They were a lot of fun um and we actually also had an inpatient service and so you got um you could be immersed in it um mm-hmm. for the most part when you were a resident and you know the, I, at the time it was it was probably the best teaching no bias or anything probably the best <laughs> <laughs> teaching service and so um I you, agree <laughs> you got really good exposure and like yeah was really fun and they really you could see that they were enjoying what they were doing and, right um so it kind of just fed on itself and then here we go. When you get through residency, you start applying. And it was almost a no-brainer for me. And so um, I took it a step further and I I did my residency. Um, I'm sorry, I did my fellowship in general GI and then um, I knew that there was a lot in the field that I wanted to be able to participate in, in a little bit of everything. And so I ended up doing a fourth year of fellowship so that I could be exposed <laughs> to all <laughs> the advanced procedures or alternative procedures so that I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Colonoscopies and upper endoscopies are a lot of fun and they're great to do, um, but I, I wanted to be able to at least know how to do um all of the other types of uh, interventional procedures like ER ear RCP and ultrasound, endoscopic ultrasounds. And so that is where I
0: am currently. And yeah, it's been a fun (laughs) run. It's been a fun Um, run. fun run almost at the end six months left of your training um how 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 do you feel how are you feeling now (laughs)
1: um I can see the light at the end of the tunnel I can reach it it's in my grass I just gotta get there (laughs) but it's fun it's been fun my like my year this year um for advanced training has been tough it's it's very busy um but it's been very rewarding I feel like um it's 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 been all the things that I was hoping that I would have had in a fellowship. So um, it's been a good good run so far.
0: Um, and the, the other thing we forgot to mention is that you are now officially a board certified gastroenterologist. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I feel like you guys have been on with me for this entire journey. Yes. <laughs> board certified. I am in there. We are good. Good for what? Ten more years, uh, you know. So <laughs> it's, it's it's great. I'm hoping. I know there's some ways that you can not have to read tests in ten years. You can do like this. Oh really? Oh 10- oh, like where you yeah.
0: test like more often. Yeah, you
1: test the like smaller tests more often over okay. the of ten years. Maybe maybe I'm making that up, but if that's a possibility, maybe we'll do that too. I don't know. But right now I'm just going to bask in being
0: <laughs> bask in being done. That's awesome. Congrats. That's a huge milestone, you guys. Thank boards you. are like the bane of our existence. Like you just, you can never avoid them and they're just mm-hmm. part of our life. Um, Do you have to take advanced boards when you're no. done? No. Oh, you, really? No, we're good. What? That's amazing. So I am good
1: for right now. Um, I think you do, if you do transplant hepatology, you take an extra, I think you take another board, Um, but for interventional, you do not have to. Thank you. That's
0: awesome. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. That's great.
1: Uh, So it's been good. We're good. And now I have some of my weekends back. (laughs) I don't have to be in the books as much anymore, which is
0: yeah. Gives it, me a chance it,
1: it, to really now explore New York, which is what I've been taking advantage of while I'm here.
0: Yeah. It it does make a, a huge difference once you're done with, with boards and, and such. Mm-hmm. Um and so what kind of things did you do in residency to help prepare you? Um either just you know, to have some knowledge of GI versus even increase your chances of matching in GI? What kind of things did you do Mm -hmm. as a resident?
1: Yeah. So during residency, um, like we were saying, I had, uh, I was at a program that did allow us the uh, opportunity to work on an inpatient service. And so I, I, actually would trade a lot of my rotations, uh, with my co-residents. And so if I knew somebody who really wanted to do cardiology and I had an extra cardiology rotation, I would switch with them for their GI so that I could get more exposure that way. Um, I, um, probably, you know, you do, you do the readings that are of interest to you. So as a medicine resident, you get, um, journals and things like that, um, that, um, you know, talk about the hot topics in each specialty. So I would kind of glaze over the other things and look at the (laughs) (laughs) gym so that I could try and stay up to date where I could. Um, As a medicine resident, when uh, I had patients who were getting procedures done, I would try and come down and, and um, watch the procedures as they were occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have attendings, most attendings will allow you to come in and, and, and watch the cases. And so I would try and do that as much as I could. Um, same thing with the interventional advanced cases. If I if I could sneak into the rooms, I would try and just uh, watch and observe as much as I could, which is, it, you, you'd be surprised how much you pick up just from watching. Um, as a fellow, you end up watching a lot of stuff too. So as a resident, you learn it too. Um, and so, yeah, I used to be down in that area a lot. Uh, when I had electives, I picked the, my GI rotation. So I would try Mm -hmm. and do consults with, um, the team if I could and um, just to start developing a GI focused brain um, so that you realize what kind of things are important to your your GI attendings uh, when you have to present and stuff like that. Um, so yeah Kind of a host of
0: things. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that the the having an inpatient service was definitely good. Uh because basically how, how it works, you guys, is you're on a service where the primary attending who's rounding is a GI attending. And as a resident, it does give you an opportunity because for me I did the whole trading thing. And as an intern, you know, I had three months of GI. So wow. in three months, there's like a different attending every week, and that's about like nine weeks. So um you get to see different attendings you get to like not only learn from them but also figure out their style their personality and who eventually you click with and can work with as a mentor which i think is very important i think regardless of your career but specifically in in medicine i think really like your mentor is who helps you get to places and having a good a good mentor really makes a huge difference so i think having um that inpatient service where we had you know exposure like unlimited time with the attendings and, and getting to know them and eventually connecting with the ones you think you could work with and, and doing research with them that was uh that was uh solid and mm-hmm. i think it's a huge foundation so yeah just putting yourself out there uh, i think relationships do matter a lot in, in medicine so um obviously you know sh- uh, showing interest if you are interested in in gi or whatever specialty don't be afraid to tell people at the beginning mm-hmm. like your first day that. That you are, you know, just say, even if you don't know a hundred percent, but if you think it's something you're interested in, just like be open and tell people that you are interested and yeah start forming those relationships for sure. the other
1: thing that's important is um, research. and so I know a lot of people don't love doing research, but that's kind of the uh, name of the game <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and so one of the things as an early resident you should try and or people can try and do is is is, match up with a fellow who may be working on a project because the fellows are always working on something because they are also trying to, um, uh, I don't know, make a name for themselves. And so, and attendings kind of expect you even as a fellow to do some sort of research project. Mm-hmm. So as a resident, you can hop on a project and be helpful because the fellows are busy. And yeah, yep. they, they, they can utilize all the help you can get. And so if they can find a resident who's willing to help a chart review or something like that, that's usually huge and helpful for uh, your own application um, when the time comes.
0: And so, yeah. And yeah, and also I've been talking to the senior residents who are interested in GI. A lot of them usually have some project that they're working on, either with the attending or the fellow. So, um, you know, at the beginning, you know, like middle of intern year or something once you figure out where the bathrooms are. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like talking to to like a resident, a fellow, like talking to their their to attendings, like GI attendings, which is what I did, um, and, and just getting plugged in with research that also um, helps a time. Absolutely so as far as the day in the life so i think because Javel and I right now are both fellows, uh, I think for Javel, your day is probably about the same for me because I'm a general GI fellow. My day is very variable depending on what service I'm on. So at my hospital, we have two general GI services an advanced service and the hepatology service. Mm -hmm. And things are very different depending on what, what, what you're on. So I guess I'll talk right now. I'm on uh, a general GI service. um, That's very heavily, um, IBD for our primary patients. Primary patients are those who are on our inpatient service. So um, for for the service that I'm on, those tend to be like IBD patients. Um, but for the consults, we split with another general GI. So consults are just ran, uh, basically just random general GI. So um, Places work very differently, but for, for my program or the other services, it's just one fellow per service because there's so many services. And um, except for hepatology, hepatology, they pair a first year with a third year. So there's always uh, two people if the first year is on, and if a second year is on hepatology, it's just, it's just them. Um, and essentially on a general GI service, you pretty much – when you go in um pretty early on, on on most days so right now i'm thankfully on a service where the attendings like to round at normal people hours so <laughs> the attendings on this service that i'm on they usually round at 7 30 or 8 uh but a lot of the other services specifically the other lumino service the attendings round at 6 30 you Uh-oh. know like yeah yeah Uh-oh. so and if they round that early, you can just imagine how early you have to, to get you in because you have there. to see. <laughs> yep. So you have to see the councils that came in um, overnight and, and stuff. So nonetheless, right now, thankfully, I'm I'm, a, I'm a, uh, on a service where we round at no more hours. So around 730s, <laughs> how early we've been rounding. And the crazy thing is that because I'm so used to having like really, really early mornings, mm-hmm. I managed to actually get a workout in right now. So like, yeah, because you're so used wow. to getting up so early. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's,
1: that's huge
0: <laughs> it's not every day but like three times a day like the, I've, I've been on all January now but th- mm-hmm. th- sorry three times a week um yeah. I like still wake I wake up at five like put in a workout and then get ready and, and thankfully I also live only a mile away from the hospital and so I just I just walk to work so there's also uh-huh. that so um yeah, so I go in around, you know, I usually get there at like 6.50, uh, obviously see like any counselors that came in or, in the morning, mm-hmm. and then we officially round at 7.30, and that's rounding both with the resident teams, which thank goodness for General GI, like rounds are very quick. <laughs> it's not like liver, <laughs> so rounds are very quick, so uh, we round, and we are usually done with rounds by 8.30. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that we uh, do our own cases, meaning if I have a patient on my list who needs an AGD or colonoscopy, I do the case. So it's a very interesting uh, thing to get used to because, you know, I usually start rounds with consults first, just because I'm most likely going to be pulled from rounds mm-hmm. to go scope. So I typically just like will see consults and see like maybe a couple of, you know, primary patients. And then I usually get a text from the endo charge that my patient who needs a procedure is in endo um so then i usually have to leave my attending with you know the residents to do to finish up rounds with the primary patients mm-hmm. and i scope so my day is literally me running back and forth between like the endo suite to do a procedure <laughs> and you know like as i'm scoping of course i'm getting consults and so it's just like literally just running back and forth between scoping consults following up so it's a very um busy like the day just flies. Um, And then we have lectures every day at 12 o'clock and it's mandatory for fellows. So Mm -hmm. regardless of what's going on, you kind of have to stop. And thankfully now they're on Zoom because of the pandemic. So you just go to the workroom and you can listen in on Zoom while also, you know, like working on on notes and stuff. So Mm -hmm. the day is very uh, variable. Typically, uh, at least on these general GI services, typically I'm usually home by um, six o'clock. Um, which is <laughs> which
1: is, oh, <laughs> is, like, is like
0: that's the dream <laughs> six o'clock. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> Jabal is like, must be nice, must be nice. <laughs> yeah I'm usually home by six o'clock the only wow. uh, this past week the only reason the only time I wasn't in at six o'clock I had to do a travel case at like maybe four o'clock and that throw like that throws off your schedule wow. um, a little bit but yeah so it's it's pretty nice and, and of course at five o'clock then the person who's on call starts taking consults so mm. you know by five o'clock I know I'm safe from a consult pr- perspective and I just kind of wrap up and work on my sign out so pretty it's a pretty the day is just very you're just doing a thousand different things literally like being a fellow is being able to do a thousand different things so you're like running to scope running to see consults and consults just keep coming and coming and praying that (laughs) as soon as you think you're
1: (laughs) completing one task like four more pop up (laughs) before you know it
0: it's just it's impossible but I will say the good thing about being a specialist is something I've really appreciated is just how simple life can be you know like a, you can see a cancer in the ICU and I used to laugh when you like read like when you're a medicine resident and you read like a uh, you know like a neurosurgery consult or something and they comment like they are stable from a neurosurgery standpoint and you're like how can they say that the patient <laughs> is dying but like well, I've seen a patient like you know COVID pneumonia on ECMO or like just like a ton of stuff who yep. bled and like we sculpt and they're stable from a bleeding standpoint (laughs) so
1: gi will sign (laughs) off
0: yep yep um so i will say like you know i i've I've gotten used to seeing like you know 10 cancers like nothing you know just because they not, my notes the notes are very short just likely peptic ulcer (laughs) so instead two large bore IVs, transfused (laughs) to hemoglobin greater than seven plan for egd this afternoon just like very straightforward and then move on to the next Uh, I was
1: going to say, I mean, fellowship for the most part is relatively similar across the board, wherever institution you'll go. There are some variances (laughs) from place to place. I won't go into detail between my fellowship experience and yours, but for the most part, that seems, that's pretty similar to where we were. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I don't know about the 6 p.m. thing. I don't think I (laughs) live at 6 p.m. on service either very often in fellowship, and I definitely don't do that now, but. what it is. That's what's up. Maybe you know what it is. We're gonna say that you're much more efficient than I am. How about that?
0: Yeah, I I feel like everybody lives that early. Like everybody lives then, though. You're, you're but also making, we get we maybe we get there. <laughs> We get there earlier, too, though. Like that's most people true. actually get there at five thirty. like most people go to work at five thirty. So, um, yeah, so I think it's just, yeah, yeah,
1: that's fair. yeah we, we I don't think we were getting there that early before, so
0: that's fair. yeah, so it's like it's like it's still a twelve hour work day. just mm-hmm. either started early or or later. Mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, how how are your days usually?
1: So mine is is a little bit different Um, because I'm in an an interventional fellowship. The focus really is um, learning the uh, procedures, which are slightly more complex than the colonoscopies and endoscopies that you do in general fellowship. Um, So I I effectively scope all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get there. Uh, around seven in the morning. So not five 30, thankfully <laughs> we get there around seven every day. And um, you know, I, I have read about the patients the night before we get ready, we get them ready for their procedures. You can send them, you um, put in your H and P, which is basically the synopsis of why they're in for the procedure of the day. Um, you make sure that they get into the room on time, you do the procedure and then it's on to the next person. Um, we are in, charge of the schedule. So as uh, we work with our general fellow colleagues uh, pretty closely, if they have new patients that uh, pop up over the course of the day, when they get new consults, we make sure that we get them on the schedule and try and work them in and fit them in between um, the scheduled outpatient cases um, and then that's—I mean—that's it. It—it it sounds very uh, straightforward and and <laughs> it's simple. It's, it's not that simple during yep. the course of the day when it does come up. Um, our cases tend to go a little bit later. We—I ha- mean, our, yeah. our cases yep. in general are longer. So colonoscopies usually you allocate like thirty to forty minutes for something like that. Mm-hmm. ERCPs, EOSs take a little more time because they're more involved. We, I mean, some of our cases can go up to you know, two hours, uh, or if you do something like a necrosectomy, which has oddly become <laughs> one of my favorite procedures, but what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> um, those could take anywhere from three to four hours, depending on how involved you want to be with it. Yeah. Um, so our 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 procedures. I think our cutoff is around five thirty. If we don't get people in, but you know, you can still be in a case until seven eight o'clock at night. Oh yeah, yeah. That's
0: one thing. When I was on the advanced service, even like I had to be in much earlier um, mm-hmm. for, for for that service. But I left, or, like when I left, usually some of my patients were still getting procedures. Like they were still like the advanced fellow and oh, yeah. uh, the attending were still like working. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah so.
1: I love I love my general fellows, but they're usually gone by the time. <laughs> <laughs> for the day <laughs> they are long gone. the work group is usually yep.
0: Yep, <laughs> but, but you know the life of having to do procedures all day does not sound bad at all like I could do procedures all day and be there till seven and not complain yeah. or eight or whatever so I, agree. That's I mean key. yeah I,
1: I agree I don't I I like doing the procedures and so being there late is not the worst thing I think you know had you if I were I don't know I, mean, I should say these things out loud but like if you were doing something more monotonous it would be harder to be in a, a, a procedure late but I I don't mind it either, um, and uh, yeah, they're all, a lot of fun. And usually, the ones that go long are are it's it it's going long because it's some complicated something that needs to be some interesting out. thing yeah yes. and so you yeah. get to watch it as it's happening you're learning from those experiences as you're seeing yeah. them happen too so I don't mind I mean I will say I appreciate all of my friends and family who realize that I can never call them or text them and the reason <laughs> that is the reason is because I'm at work for like 16 hours a day <laughs> so I don't love you I really do I just
0: yeah It's <laughs> <sorry>. hard. <laughs> I still love you guys yeah <laughs> yeah but that's that's the dream to just be able to do procedures every day um mm-hmm. those those days are, are good like the outpatient days where you're just kind of scoping uh just so perfect mm-hmm. um <laughs> so um yeah and you know the 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 taking it as a learning um perspective type thing is something i tell myself every time i get a food impaction at 2 a.m <laughs> <laughs> and now in the days of COVID where you know when they call you at 2 a.m like yes they've ordered a COVID and you see them and sometimes it's at night and so there's maybe like one or two people working in the micro labs so even though it's stats, they haven't ran it so you go in but the, co- the test is still not back for like another like hour or two and you can't really like start the procedure until the test is back so just COVID makes everything so hard so mm-hmm. A case that you know before COVID would like it it would have taken maybe like an hour between like you getting there and just getting everything done, you'll be done in an hour. Now, with COVID, everything just takes so long because there's protocol of where you can do them if they're COVID positive versus not. So, literally, nothing moves until the test is back. So, um that as a different challenge. Cause for me at night, I'm like, Oh, the test isn't back. Should I wait to see them until it's mm-hmm. back? But of course you have to see a patient within a, uh, you know, w- within a certain time of getting it cancelled cause you have to have seen them. So then you go to the hospital and you just like sleep on the couch. And so. <laughs> but I've, tr- I've been trying to look at it from that perspective, you know, like, you know, at, at, at least I get to do a procedure and it's happened yeah. a lot of times where I go in and it's like 2am and by the time you are done, it's 5am and that's little, <laughs> like, you, you already have to be at work. So I'm yeah. like, oh it sucked but at least I got to scope. you know I Mm -hmm. got to scope so anything you tell your younger self you know looking back now you are here you are a board certified gastroenterologist (laughs) (laughs) you're almost done with your super fellowship any advice to you know some med students out there who are thinking of a career in GI who sure um uh, probably a couple things so it is
1: a, it's a long road. It's, but it's in, in the grand scheme of life, it's not that long of a road. And so the days are the, what is it? How's the phrase goes? The the days are long, but the years are short. You get through it. Um, and you just have to, you know, maintain a positive attitude, especially when, you know, you're exhausted after a 12 hour or 14 hour day. Um, Read where you can. If you get journals and you want to stay abreast with things, your attendings will always and always and always be impressed if you can cite a you know a recently published article. Um, you know, it's hard to it's easier said than done. I remember, you know, you get home at eight o'clock at night and you were like, Read what? i getting crazy. I'm tired to <laughs> bed. But if you can, you can make time for it on the weekends or something, try and do that because um there's always somebody who's going to be doing something similar. So you want to make sure that you are a standout person when that time comes. Um let's see, do as much as you can. Think of and sometimes consults when they come in you're like,
0: I just I just want it, I just want
1: it done. <laughs> I don't want to think about this, I just want to be done. But I, I, if I could go back and like if you go back and you think of every consult as a learning opportunity, um it's it that's that's an easier and a positive more positive way to look at things and it helps you get through the day a little bit
0: easier too a learning opportunity and a likely scope that's yeah. <laughs> and a
1: likely scope
0: yes. indeed especially if there's a likely scope I'm gonna be down even <laughs> if it's a late one I'm gonna be like oh, okay great I'll come see them for sure <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't
1: know what else, what kind of things are you thinking?
0: Yeah. So I think, I think one of the biggest thing is, uh, just, just to keep in mind, regardless of what you do in, in medicine as a subspecialty, um, you have to be a good internist first. So mm-hmm. just because you're interested in GI doesn't mean, you know, like all your energy just goes to GI as an in intern and then you don't pay attention to cardiology. Like, no, you have to be a good internist. So you have to be strong and and be curious and, and try to learn as much on cardiology rotation on HEMONC in the ICU. So, yeah. um, to Be a good subspecialist, you need to be a good internist, and I think that's something that you know people kind of tend mm-hmm. to ignore, You know, especially people who already know what they like wanted to do in medical school. So I was right. in that position where I knew what I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. actually, going through uh, uh residency, I realized that I really really enjoyed the cardiology rotation, so I enjoyed you know mm-hmm. like SES and uh and like the cardiology ICU. I actually liked the MICU a lot, you know, I actually thought about Palm Crit for like a split second. <laughs>
1: <I did too. laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah he monk was one that i don't know like i i like the medicine of him you know like the the medicine issues that these patients would come in with but Mm -hmm. it's just like the vibes were a little depressing um but so yeah you have to like really be good at at, you have to be curious and work hard at, at everything even if you know what what you want to do so that's something that people 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 miss Uh, i like
1: that Uh, the stay curious thing that's that's huge um because it's easy very easy to get tunnel vision and medicine is not in a vacuum and gi is not a vacuum like everything plays on each other and 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 so yes being as well-rounded as you can and staying as well-rounded as you can makes sense
0: um so you guys that is all we'll uh, touch on on this episode um i hope you guys enjoy it and uh, find it helpful um we will obviously be back with more episodes i probably won't drop you know i won't commit to anything since i feel like (laughs) every time we're like we'll come back next week
1: (laughs) and we switch it up
0: we will see you guys next time all righty see you later bye (laughs)